just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within and without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Good morning. When I was a child and experiencing fear about one thing or another, my mom was fond of comforting me by saying, Jimmy, honey, remember that God never puts more on our plates than we can handle. It helped. It helped, and in fact, it still does, believe it or not. And since I, along with each of you, are alive and well enough to come to church this morning or, or log on and watch the service online, perhaps my mom was right. Perhaps there's a holy truth in that expression of faith, a trust, a saving grace in believing it. In the lectionary texts assigned for today, I hear an echo of my mother's faithful admonition and her trust in the first reading from First Kings. The narrative comes from something called the Elijah cycle. Prior to the story in today's chapter in the Elijah cycle, amid famine, amid drought, and amid a national crisis, God sends Elijah into the wilderness and promises him that there he will be fed by ravens and can find water to drink from a wadi or a brook. The miracle comes to pass, but eventually the wadi goes dry. So God this time tells Elijah to pack up and go live in Zarephath, where this time he will find a widow who will feed him. That somehow together they will make do. Elijah was probably pretty frail by then. As such, it was a journey of faith and it was a journey of trust. When Elijah arrives at Zarephath, he finds the widow gathering sticks. Elijah asks her if she might bring him a little water in a vessel. She obliges him and while he goes to fetch him a little water, he asks for a morsel of bread too. 
her response to Elijah's additional, not to mention in her mind, absurd request is quite telling. She says to Elijah, as sure as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am now gathering a couple of sticks so that I can go home and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Thinking back to the beginning of the pericope, which says the Lord, word of the Lord came to Elijah, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have direct, directed a widow there to supply you with food. Apparently she, didn't, she hadn't gotten that memo. As sure as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug. Are you kidding me? It's as if she is saying to Elijah, look, I know that you're a holy man, the sort that believes in miracles, but in my world, in my world, having faith, Believing in God doesn't change a thing. In reading this story, it's impossible to know whether the widow and her son were really about to eat their last meal and then die. And her response to Elijah's request for her to share her bread with him may well be hyperbole. That makes sense to me. She's at wit's end. Amid her anxiety, however, notice how Elijah responds with compassion to her desperation. You can read it later, but this is what it says. Elijah obliges her faithlessness perspective, and then he offers a word of hope. He says to her, I get it. I get it. But try not to be afraid. Go and do just as you have planned. And also try, if you can, if you can, to remember what God promises. Your jar of meal will not be emptied, and your jug of oil will not fail. And so it goes, or so it went. So there was food every day for Elijah, and for the woman, and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not fail in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. The end. The best explanation that I can think of for Elijah's ability to respond 
to the widow of Zarephath with such great compassion is that he must have known. He must have known what it was like to be or at least to feel desperate like that, hungry like that, hopeless like that. And more than that, he must have known what a gift of grace it was for him to have found grace and the gift of faith amid that kind of despair. The ravens had taught him something about that, we can suppose. And now he was paying or praying, perhaps, that grace forward. By now, you may have noticed or heard about how the readings we are using for the month of October come from an alternative lectionary. We and other dioceses around the country are using this alternative lectionary called the B Campaign to reflect in a time of political polarization and rising societal anger on the simple yet profound teaching of the prophet Micah, the prophet who in a time not unlike our own called upon the people of faith to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. Last week our focus was on being just, and this week our focus is on being kind. As is sometimes the case, as we reflect on scripture together on Sundays, I share with you something about where I have been or how I have arrived at what I am sharing with you. Compassion is a word that means quite literally to suffer with someone. And this pastoral reading or interpretation of the story about the compassion that the prophet Elijah showed to the widow of Zarephath came to me as the result of revisiting the miraculous and beautiful poem called Kindness by Naomi Shehab Nye. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go so you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. How you ride and ride thinking the bus will never stop. The passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out the window forever. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of the cloth. Then 
it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to gaze at bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is you I have been looking for. And then goes with you everywhere like a shadow or a friend. The bee campaign will conclude in the hope that congregations might begin to ponder the intersection between faith and politics. That hope may well be loaded, as they say, a little fraught, at least, if you wiggle a little bit when you hear it, that's okay. But the hope we have is that kindness, not party or preference, can win the day because kindness is a way of being that engages us across and beyond our differences and does so by a means of love and compassion rather than color or creed or you name it. In the political polarization and rising societal anger that we are experiencing, the simple yet profound teaching of this week's call to be more kind is a real gift to us, it seems to me. A gift because, as the widow of Zarephath would come to know, faith with compassion can in fact change the way things are. Perhaps the prayer attributed to St. Francis sums up our hope for today in the best possible way. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there's hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, God never going to put too much on your plate. <clears throat> oh, divine master, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. We're invited to enter our own Elijah cycle. A cycle called, a cycle, I'll go with that, called compassion. In our customary time of silence in response to the gospel, which may use, you may use as you will, we might pray to remember and strive to hold fast to the reasonable and holy hope of the prophet Elijah. and the widow of Zarephath, trusting that in the time of drought, 
our acts of compassion and kindness can change the way things are for one and then for many. And we pray that these two things, that our compassion and our kindness, these jars of meal and jugs of oil, may not fail until God sends rain on our land. I offer this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.